Hello, Sharp fans, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Shrews Views podcast. My name is Johnny Jury, and as always, I am joined by the Shropshire Star Salop correspondent, Ollie Westbury, to talk all things Shrews. And the picture, although the mood has lifted a little bit at the Craig Meadow, the picture, certainly the League One table picture that I've got right in front of me now, is not looking too healthy. A defeat on Saturday to Wigan and Sarper in 19th place. It's all getting a little bit tight down there. Oh, you feeling like it's a bit, what do we say on Saturday? I was with you Saturday, squeaky bum time, a little bit of squeaky bum time for Salop at the moment. I feel like, although relegation has always been a possibility because because we've never been too far away from the bottom three, we've never really been this close to it, which is perhaps the worst the situation has been. And you know, okay, still three points clear, and you'd rather have the points on the board than have to win the games in hand. But like Cheltenham are in great form, aren't they? Cheltenham, and they won the last three games consecutively. I'd have to fact check that, but you know, Cheltenham are in great form, and you know, I I truly do believe that that Shrewsbury have got enough to get out of it. But you know, this is this is as this is as bleak and as grim as we've seen it really over the course of the whole season. Really, under Matt Taylor, you know, results and performances were underwhelming, but they were always kind of well clear, perhaps the closest that they've come to it. There's some pretty unkind fixtures, in fairness, to Paul Hurst since he's come in. Um, and to be fair, like performances have been decent. I think they played pretty well, um, probably deserve more. Um, you know, they didn't, I, I didn't feel, in my humble opinion, that they deserved to lose to Wigan at the weekend. They probably didn't do enough to beat Wigan. But, um, you know, we're getting to the point now where it's pretty irrelevant how they play. They just need to win. Yeah, and no, it is. Get those three points on the board. Yeah, performances are better, but obviously performances don't uh, don't win your points. We're going to talk about uh, about Wigan. I made a, a rare trip down to the uh, down to the meadow with you on Saturday, all to uh, to watch that defeat to Wigan. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a few of Paul Hurst's comments over the last few days. Uh, we'll talk a bit about Max Matter actually as well. He's gone off uh, on loan since the last time we did a podcast. Um, and then we've got a few salad questions, and we'll look ahead to uh, to your lovely trip to Reading on. Uh, on Saturday, but that game against Wigan, oh, um, I'm someone who hasn't seen an awful lot of Shrewsbury um, this season, certainly in sort of full games, live games. Uh, but I was I was quite impressed by them. They took the game, I thought, to Wigan. Um, Wigan had a lot of the ball early on, but I thought once Shrewsbury got to grips with the game, you know, there, there, there were positive signs there. And we know that, you know, the points aren't there at the moment and they need to start picking up more points. But for me... If Shrewsbury play like that every game between now and the end of the season, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I think I think there's it's a fine line, isn't it? I mean, we say, don't we, about performances? They can keep putting performances in, but at the end of the day, it's results that matter. But you know, if you do play well, then the odds are that if you consistently play well, that you will start get your results will come. Otherwise, you're just going to be desperately unlucky or not be able to finish off your chances. So yeah, if they, I mean, I'm of I'm of a similar kind of view to you. I feel as though the points return. In the five, they've got five points from five games. I feel as though their points return um, is probably, you know, I thought they were excellent in Paul Hurst's first game at Northampton. Um, probably the best that I've seen them play um, in my time covering the club. I said that a few people disagree with that, but that's absolutely fine uh, because that's the point of, you know, everybody has different opinions, don't they? Um, but the way they controlled that game and dominated the ball in that game and just carved Northampton apart, I thought they were underwhelming, to be honest, in their in Paul Hurst's second game um, at the uh, at the Meadow when they lost to Cambridge. 
um they kind of huffed and puffed but never really created anything and you know i think cambridge were probably good value but then since then they've had tough games at derby and tough games against Barnsley. they've got points out of and i thought they did all right against wigan but after to be fair they were pretty woeful for the first 20 25 minutes in fairness weren't they shrewsbury uh, they were pretty woeful but they um they picked up they kind of weren't punished for that they picked up and you know uh they played they played pretty well i thought I thought they did they did all right um and on the whole I, th- I think they've done okay since Paul Hurst has come in um yeah it's a tough one isn't it because you know points are a more valuable commodity Paul Hurst has said that himself you know he'd take not playing well for a win rather than playing poorly and lo- playing well and losing so yeah that's the situation that we're in um the one thing that you can say is that if you can't get the results, then at least if you see the performances, there's some form of positive there to take from it. And I think that is probably what we can argue. There's certainly a lot more of a goal threat. That That's that's definitely for sure. Shrewsbury have got some form of threat, whether it's from the counter, whether it's from set pieces. But, you know, we saw them have chances at the weekend. They just didn't manage to convert them. Yeah, that is definitely the case in terms of chances, which we'll come on to. I just want to study the table a little bit more. I'm looking at it now. In terms of just the sides below them at the moment, um, you know, I know Fleetwood are second bottom, but they've won their last two games. They, they're un, they, they sort of unbeaten in three of the last four. Carl Island on dreadful run. Um, Vale have just got one draw in the last five, lost the other four. And then you've got Cheltenham, who are obviously flying and, and done really well. Daryl Clark and, and, and sort of come from absolute nowhere. Um, and there's Cheltenham directly below Shrewsbury. But the one thing you look at as well, Ol, is the fact that Cheltenham have got two games in hand, as have Port Vale as well. Not that it's yeah. Obviously, the pitch is not out. Excuse me, Sam, because we've got. A, I know the end of the season will come round very quickly, but there are a lot of games, a lot of football still left to be played. But those teams behind them have got games in hand. That puts an even more emphasis on you. You look at the fixtures. You know, you go to Reading on on Saturday, um, who are you know not not that far above you in the table, but a game that you know they need to start stringing a couple of wins together. So if they can get a couple of wins and just drag themselves away a bit. Then it changes things. It builds a bit of momentum, and then you look at the next six games. There's, there's Port Vale in there. There's Carlisle in there. You've got Exeter as well. Are up in up in 14th, five places above Shrewsbury. And um, it's all about getting on a bit of a run. And a bit. There's a bit of. There's almost momentum there at the, at the moment in terms of performances and a bit of consistency in performance, which wasn't maybe there under Matt Taylor. But they need consistency in results now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the league table too. Um... And I want to go out on a limb and say Fleetwood and Carlisle are doomed. Um, so I, I, I must admit, I'm not particularly too... Cons- I don't think that's a brave assertion to make. I mean, I could look like a complete and utter idiot um, if that comes back to bite me on the bomb. But, you know, I, I mean, Carlisle, I think well, I think we all know that they are doomed. Um, but Fleetwood, um, you know, 26 points with us being on 35. They, they've got to win three games just to reach parity. So they've effectively got to show top half form now between now and the end of the season for them to try and catch catch those sides um in, in the games that they've got left. It's not just about winning the odd one. Like, you know, they've got to show like top half form. And that that's the difficulty when you find yourself cut so far adrift. You then have to play out of your skin really to regain, you know, the the points that you've lost. So I'm gonna say that those two are gone. So it's the you know, there's probably just looking above as well, Ol, you look at, at Saturday, you know, if she's moved have won on Saturday, they'd have been on 38 points. Wigan, obviously, you beat them, would have been on 37. So, you know, that would put Shrewsbury, would have put Shrewsbury, obviously, hypothetically, above Wigan. And 
and you know, we're going to have 13 to just five points ahead of them. So it is tight, you know, you look to push the Rovers above that 43 points and then Northampton 45. You know, like we just said there a moment ago, if you string a run, it is it is very tight, but it's all just about, you know, it's all very, all, all well and good talking about it. It's, it's putting it into practice now in these, you know, next five or six games. Yeah, that is the difficulty, isn't it? Shrewsbury play 33 games and, and kind of got 10 wins. So, um, you know, back-to-back wins, not something they've managed this season. So that that is that is the challenging part. But what they have got is they are playing everybody between now and the end of the season. You know, well, not everybody. Obviously, they've played someone like Fleetwood twice. But, you know, they play Carlisle. They've got to play, got to go, go to Port Vale, got to go to Cholton. Uh, you know, obviously, got to go to Reading. Um got to play got to welcome Wickham and Exeter so there's games there that you can see Shrewsbury getting getting points in and picking up points and you know being really positive and getting getting good results in but um yeah it's a case of the good thing is is that it's in Shrewsbury's hand they play well between now and the end of the season they stay in the division if they don't then they won't stay in the division and I suppose if that's the case that you know They'll only have themselves to blame, I suppose, if if they don't quite manage to get the performances and the results that'll keep them in the league. Um, and that's kind of how you'd you want it, don't you? You don't kind of want it to be out of your control um, because it's a 46 game season. It's a long season, and over the course of it, um, you know, I'm sure that if you get if you do enough things well and you get enough things right, then you know you'll finish where you should and where you deserve to. So you know, let's fingers crossed, Town can kind of get it together, kind of convert these performances score some goals uh, and pick up some points and kind of really pull away from that from that relegation zone how many yeah. points do you reckon they need johnny to, to secure it i don't know what's the i don't i don't actually know what the average points total is in here it's probably normally it's yeah 50 in the premier league you, you, you say what is it 38 points if you get yeah. if you get to the magic 40 point mark i think it's so, about 50 isn't it i think uh, traditionally in that division yeah. They, need, they need 15 points in 13 games, don't they? Then basically, yeah, I think I, I, I think yeah. they can aim higher than that. I think they should should get more than that. Uh, we're going to move away from talking about Wigan, talk about the news of, of last week. Um, summer signing Max Matters gone back to Sligo Rovers on loan for the rest of the season. Um, it was confirmed by Tang. Um, only joined from the league of Ireland side in the summer on a three year deal. Um, but he's found regular minutes hard to come by. Um, he's made 11 starts, 11 sub appearances, seems for just the one goal. Uh, now the, uh, the New Zealand with the National is going back to Sligo for the rest of the campaign. And um, Paul has said it was a great chance for him to, to get some minutes. Um, just a few quotes that he, he gave out last week. I think it's just an opportunity for Max to go and get some games. Hopefully, he enjoys football and a bit of confidence back. Although it has not been long, um, I had a chat with him. I think he was open about the fact that his confidence was not at the level. He would really like, and since I've come with the system we played, I've not found a place for it. place to give him minutes and opportunities, and that is where it's at. Um, oh, you know, not a sign that's that's really kicked on um, since he since he arrived in the summer. I'm very open there from Paul Hurst. You know, sounds like he's a very open and honest, honest manager. But he, he's going back there now. The fact I think the, there's a lot of fans that will probably write him off, and I know a lot of fans have pointed towards this recruitment strategy from. The League of Ireland, um, and, and probably point to matter as someone who came in for a fee and and someone who was signed on on a three year deal. Um, but for me, I don't think his time at Town's finished. You know, he signed a three year deal. I think the best case scenario is he goes to score some goals, comes back, and and hopefully has another another crack at it. But it, it probably does, in the grand scheme of things, look like a pretty sensible move for all parties at the moment. I think it was interesting that. 
Paul Hurst said that Max Matter had come to him and said, I'm low on confidence. I, I kind of want to go out and play. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, it, it's fair to say that the move to this point has just not worked. Um, I think that's that's fairly obvious, isn't it? Um, I think part of it, when you watch Max Matter's kind of goals that he scored for Sligo last season, I think he scored a lot of headers from crosses and it's probably not an area that, you know, I mean, it, it, he's not, played I don't think I'd have to double check he didn't come on in the first game against Northampton but I don't think he's featured since Paul Hurst came in um has come in so so he, he's mainly featured under former boss Matt Taylor and you know that we didn't create an awful lot quite solid weren't we but we didn't create create an awful lot in those games how much have we seen of of Max Master at his best at this moment. It's probably, I don't know, I find it's hard. It must be, he's coming from the League of Ireland and he must have wanted to have really got off to a really positive start and, and it probably just never really got going for him. He could have done with a couple of early goals. I mean, that, those visa issues that he had early doors was kind of never going to do him any favours. He was kind of match fit, match sharpness. And then he had those visa problems, didn't he, when he couldn't play. And then he popped a calf and missed two weeks because he'd done that. So before you know it, he didn't even make his debut until probably four or five weeks after he actually arrived in the UK. So he was allowed to train, but he couldn't actually play, um, which was incredibly frustrating time. And it's just not quite worked out. You know, uh, Shrewsbury have struggled for goals. Um and, you know, it's just not quite worked out for him, has it? Um, to this moment, I don't think you can write, write a player off, to be honest. He's a young player. You know, he can develop at, at, at any moment. Um, but, but I don't think it's a particularly, um, it's a particular long shot to say that it's not, it's not worked at this moment. Um, we just got to hope that, you know, we can go and get some confidence playing for Sligo, uh, score some goals and kind of, you know, come back and make a fresh start next season. You know, I think that's a big thing. Come back, make a fresh start, get a pre-season in um, and, and and kind of go from there. I think that would be a real positive. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully it does well. Wish them all the, all the best. Some other news we had, um, just come back today in your story, Ollie. Um, look, Devender Tom Flanagan is set to make a tentative return to training uh, this week. Send it back into his knee um, and shoes me too on against Port Bell at the end of November. Um Sort of looked serious early on. Um, Scamville was not as serious as this, so now he's edging closer to a return. Um, bit of a boost, really. All um, I know in terms of centre back options, there are options there. You, you know, we've got we've got more than Finney Ben and right back at the moment, but you know, bodies yeah. back. Someone who, if Flanagan certainly under Steve Cottrell was was pretty pretty much a mainstay in the heart of defence, but you know, getting him back is going to be a, a boost at a, a pivotal time. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was actually, I went to the gym yesterday morning, cycling, cycling away. Cause it's got a bad knee at the moment, so I can't do any other form of exercise. So I was cycling away on the bike um, and I was watching Sunderland Till I Die. And uh, up, up pups, up pups, up pops Tom Flanagan. Um, he was on the, he, he, he's on the, I actually saw Carl Winchester feature in it as well. I've only watched the first couple of episodes, but I just thought it's an interesting Shrewsbury connection. Um, seeing the two former Sunderland lads, um, obviously in the squad. Um, it, an interesting one is, does Tom Flanagan come? For me, I would say he does, but that's only my opinion. Uh, um, 
it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've got absolute loads of centre backs. Um, and it's clear that we've recruited to a 3-5-2 and now we ain't playing a 3-5-2, we're playing a 4-2-3-1 and we've got a bit of a lopsided squad with, you know, lots of centre-backs, you know, no full-backs and centre-backs playing at full-backs. So I think that's, the, I suppose, the challenge, isn't it, when you, you kind of recruit for a certain formation and then you kind of, it doesn't really go the way that you anticipate or the way that you want it to. Um, and now you kind of see, obviously, you know, Morgan Feeney playing at right back. And to be fair to Morgan Feeney, I think he's done pretty well um, at right back, um, you know, filling in. Um, you know, I think the Shrewsbury back four in general maybe perhaps struggled a touch against Cambridge with the, the kind of pace, um, you know, uh, and attacking threat that they had. But I think they've defended pretty well in the main. Um, so will Tom Flanagan come back in? Um, who knows? Who knows? I don't think we were expecting to see him any time soon so you know um I gather from what Paul Hurst said to me last week that it's just kind of a, a tentative you know get him involved get him on the grass get him doing involved in some warm-ups you know and then slowly kind of building back up um good to see that you know he's close to he's close to being back though you know when he got injured I think it was Port Vale in the first game which again Shrewsbury won 2-1 it was about the seventh or eighth minute that he went off and it did look um yeah looked pretty looked pretty serious didn't it um so uh positive news to see that flanagan uh is is on the way back you know which is good news yeah good news indeed um just a quick shout out from our, our sponsor ketland toaster man who has some fantastic products in his massive warehouse that i went to a couple of months ago they're the uh, the sponsors of all our podcasts here at the shop star and express star great products at great prices and you can see them all on catlandtoasterman.co.uk um right we've got a question from Southampton. it's related to max matter uh, percy cross has said i'd like to know whether time's still paying max matters wages in full or in part during his loan if so sorry if so would that have contributed to our failure to sign more than one player in january but is mm really a um interesting point really in terms of in terms of wages and wage structure do we know anything on that all and, and did it did it impact january business um so in terms of the the, the structure of the deal and the wages we don't know um but if i was to hazard an educated guess i would have said that sligo will be paying a proportion of his wages what that proportion is I, I wouldn't know. I'd be very, very surprised if they're not paying anything. Um, just the way, just knowing how these deals work um, in football, that, you know, they will be paying a proportion of his wages. But to what end, you know, that's probably the more difficult um, thing to, to kind of find out. Um, but I will ask, I will ask the question. It's difficult. If I ask Paul Lurse how much of his wages are we paying, he's going to, he ain't going to tell me the answer to that question. Um, so it's probably something I'll, I'll see if I can speak to a few people and see if we can figure out what what what, what the breakdown of that deal is. Um, in terms of uh, the January window, um, I thought this was so. There was a story that um, I wrote on Monday, which was all about the finances, and I can kind of maybe the podcast is probably a better way of me explaining kind of the line of questioning towards Paul Hurst. Um, it came about from the Max Matter loan situation and, you know, I'd spoke to Hurst and said, is there any any chance that we could sign any free agents? And he kind of said that, no, that's not really going to happen. 
um, from a finance perspective and then kind of I asked him the question of about Max Matter and like now that he's gone does that free up anything and he kind of said no no it doesn't really that's not the reason that's not the reason that the decision's been made um, which I thought was interesting and I kind of followed that question up with a are we really that far up the creek without the metaphorical paddle I suppose that we can't afford to do any anything um, because I suppose we looked at we looked in, in the January transfer window you know Matt Taylor and Mickey Moore spoke at length about how they wanted to bring in two forwards plus maybe another and then it kind of went from that to we just managed to get one midfielder in in Jack Inchy from Brighton and then that was that was all they managed to all we managed to do and you know it kind of I don't know whether that was, and I, you can only assume that the, this is a financial thing. You know, Paul Hurst came in and he said he wanted to bring four players in to give him some more options. And that's just, it's just not happened. You know, it's just not happened. And, you know, even though that he, he did mention that they'd put a few uh, free agents to him, but he doesn't feel that, that that's perhaps going to happen either. So, you know, I'm expecting the accounts to be out fairly soon. And I think that's going to tell us and give us some form of indication of, you know, the problems and, you know, where we're going um, from a financial perspective, because, you know, we, we don't really overly know a great deal. Obviously, we've been told things by the club, but, you know, the, the accounts will give us, um, you know, a kind of clear indication of where they're going. But it does seem a real shame that, kind of in January you kind of I suppose we did bring in Roland Idaho but in January you're generally trying to strengthen and we've lost a ton of loanies that you know I suppose they weren't playing but at least if you'd have kept them you'd have had the option of picking them between now and the end of the season um, and we've not really replaced them so it feels as though rather than you know using the January transfer window to get stronger to build to bring players in to build your squad doesn't feel like we've really done that you know um for well for probably the reason which is a financial related thing that's the only really thing that you know we've got to go on um and yeah that was why I asked um Paul Hurst about Shrewsbury's financial position and he kind of spoke about how the financial problems have been well documented and how you know more information about that will come out over the next you know few weeks or so so I thought that was a really interesting kind of thread um you know, a lot of that stuff all kind of predates Paul Hurst's time at the club. So you don't really want to get into too Difficult many details. Difficult for him to talk of, about it as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's been here, I mean, he's been here a month on Saturday. So it's not really a Paul Hurst problem. He's just dealing with the, the, car, the hand that he's been dealt with. Mm. Um, but I, what I did find was interesting that, you know, when he said that he, he came in and he wanted four or five players through the door and they kind of got one, it kind of tells you, probably tells you something that you know that it feels like they really are cutting the cloth and the fact that we're, another one's gone out and that we're still not going to try and bring in a free agent kind of tells you where we're at at the moment which is you know don't worry I've waffled on there or given anybody any insight into but it does seem kind of strange which is why I asked the questions last week and I yeah. hope that those stories gave people some form of insight into whether there's any business going to be done or not you know, yeah, I'm sure the uh, like you say the club accounts are which are due soon. There's a, a cut off point as well. Yeah. Um, so if they haven't got people registered and I don't know the exact date, try and find it out. 
but there is a cut-off point that if they're not registered by a certain date. That's... It's you, I think it's usually something like the end of March or something. Yeah, no, I think it is. I think I was talking to somebody from the club the other day and they told me it was the end of March. Um, but I didn't want to say because I wasn't that sure. But that is the day I've got in my head. I'll try and yeah. find out for sure. But, you know, a free agent or two. I mean, look at, you know, a free agent or two. Like, you just, it wouldn't hurt, would it? <laughs> yeah. No, it'd be interesting to see. But obviously, on the more of a financial situation, I'm sure will be all sort of laid bare um, when the accounts come out, which I'm sure is, you know, I know it's going to be going to be very soon. Um, thanks for your question. Just finally, um, Ollie, you're making the trip down to... Did we have another question, JD? Did we have did another, we have question? another question? Oh, we did. We did have another question. Let's have a look. Let's have a little look here, Ron. Tony Shrew. Is oh, there Vicky anything Moore. possibly positive about this club at the moment? <laughs> oh, let's have a look. Oh, sorry, I've uh, I've missed that one, Tony. Uh, Tony Shrew. Or unless that's come through to you, because I haven't got it in front of me. That might have come through to me. Uh, let's have um, a look. Let's have a look for you, Charlotte. Questions. Uh, I suppose I must apologise to, 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 to Tony as well, who, who kind of responded to my question on the tweet about um, he, he he felt that, you know, I didn't answer his question properly last week and uh, I didn't mean to come across like that. So I do apologise to you, Tony, if uh, um, I didn't answer your, your question um, properly last week. Um, but I certainly didn't mean to come across like that. Just trying to have a look, look what Tony Shrew has to say. So, um, Just basically asking if there's anything positive about the club at the moment. Um, and I would probably answer that by saying... Um, yeah, Paul I Hurst. I do think that Paul Hurst, yeah. Paul <laughs> Hurst is the positive oh, side. I did, uh, I did listen to... Um, did I, I was, As you were down interviewing Paul Hurst on Saturday, I was sat up in the press box just doing a little bit of work from other grounds. Um, and... Uh, Nick Southall, our good friend at Radio Shropshire, was taking questions and texts. And bear in mind, Paulus has been through the door, like I say, it'll be a month this week. And it's been largely positive. I know the results haven't turned maybe as quickly as, as some South fans wanted. But there was a, a, I think the first text read out was, uh, Paul Hurst is not the answer. We're destined for League Two, um, which I thought was a, you know, a very uh, down in the dumps, negative, uh, negative uh, response from a fan to come yeah. in. But just on that one, we've had it. You always get that, don't you? In terms of positivity, I think it is first, and I think you know he's done it before. You look, I think I was I was thinking about this on the way in from the game the other day when he first came in. You know, Shrewsbury fans will um, point towards that season where he got them almost into the championship, but it was the half yeah. season before they staved off the relegation. You know, yeah, which yeah, yeah. where it all started and. You know, and that's, the, you know, he's coming into look, a similar picture. Actually, he's been there and he's done it, you know. Yeah, I know. I think they look coached. I look at them and I feel like I, I can see what they're doing. I, yeah. I look at them in their shape and they look pretty organised. You know, they're looking, you can see, you can see the patterns of play. You can see they're trying to keep the ball. What they're doing is they're playing better stuff as well. They're playing, you know, they're creating more, well, they're creating more chances at the end of the day. So they weren't doing yeah. as well. So there are, yes, there are positives. I saw something yesterday about the XG in the Wigan game. And what was it? No, it for Don't sure. Start. But... Don't start me on no, that stat. Oh, sh- oh, stop your bloody whinging. Don't start me but, on um, that stat. Modern day football. You, you know, they had 13 shots and with an XG of 1.38 compared to Wigan's 0.42. Um, they had the better, yeah, and, they had more chances. Yeah, and the passes, similar, similar passes. Um, you know, so I feel like there's progression. There's progression within this team. They just haven't quite got the 
the tangible rewards. I actually wrote that in my analysis on Monday that they haven't got the tangible, the thing that you can touch to kind of celebrate that is is the is the points tally and that is just the one thing that they just haven't quite managed to get over the line with um so far which is a desperate shame but there is there's still time there's still time it's early days it really is early days and probably you know did we expect him to get too much with derby away barnsley at home and wigan at home like probably probably expecting them to maybe do a little bit better against wigan but i, I keep maintaining they ain't a bad side wigan no, no, really no. on the bad side. Like they're thirteenth, but don't forget they've got an eight-point deduction. Um, yeah. you know, for whatever misdemeanors they had. So they're a top half side based on form. You know, they've won as many games as, or they've won, you know, similar amounts. Won as many games as Blackpool, who are who are who are eighth. Um, so, you know, they've got they're 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 a decent team. They're a decent team. So, um. Yeah, um, that, there's no no shame in losing to Wigan, and they gave him a good game. So you know, I I, I do I do get like it, it is pretty it is pretty like I would say I, the way I feel about Shrewsbury at the moment is anxious because um I, um I, although I think that they're playing okay, I kind of feel like you know if you play okay and then you start losing another couple, then your confidence goes and you know you kind of need to get your results while you're playing well kind of so that the players confidence levels can grow so you know they are they they are very finely balanced at the moment and although they are playing well they really do need to cash in on on some of these good performances um that 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 would be my feedback i suppose well, not feedback because i mean who cares what i think really but <laughs> that was probably what they need to assessment, do assessment your assessment yeah my, that's my assessment of the situation they're uh, zero expertise there you go turn through there's your uh, scrap of, uh, of positives thanks for your question Salah Pounds. just finally heading to uh to reading heading to bath yeah what, 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 we're gonna, what, what, what can i expect i've never been to reading before you would have been there wouldn't you the negative in me would call Reading's ground a soulless bowl, which there is a lot of in the football league these days. Um, yeah. Fans will know what I mean by that. On the other side of things, it's easy to get to because it's on the side of the motorway. There's lots of parking. And, oh, oh, that's a dream. And it's a, modern, and it's a modern, modern-y type ground. Do you know what? I'm going to tell you a little story about Reading. It involves someone involved with Shrewsbury at the moment. Um, and I know he listens to this, so I'm going to tell him and embarrass him. So the, last, the first and last time I went to Reading was with Shrewsbury's current head of media, Joe Massey, when he was our, our West Bromwich Albion correspondent. Um, we got a train down. We thought, we'll get the train down. We're going to do some work on the way home. Um, we're not going to drive. We're going to take our time. Got the train down. Got a nice Uber or taxi. Uh, the, 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 the work the work on the, uh, the, the that is the, the after a Saturday game, like w- when you're away. Oh, you're yeah. driving you don't get home late and you work until like yeah the that's where the train the train's the dream the train is useful anyway that all those plans were scuppered when uh when joe was walking outside what i call it the medesky stadium but i think it's called something like the car leasing arena or something now um and he hadn't zipped up his laptop bag and out came his laptop landed on the floor we opened it and lo and behold the laptop screen would smash um but some lovely people at reading lent him a laptop and he was able to work for the for the whole game but i had to uh i had to lend him my laptop on the way home so 
um, or in the station. So I didn't get much work then in the station. And I went for a train. But yeah, just to uh, embarrass him there. But Ollie, in terms of on the pitch stuff, if you look at the table, you know, when I went on Saturday, we put Shrewby level on points with Red and, you know, a club who were, you know, not doing great on the field, but certainly not great off the field either. We're, we're all, uh, I was just about to say that. Just, if, we, if we find ourselves 2 0 down after 70 minutes, I might take some tennis balls with me and start launching yeah. them onto the pitch. Yeah. Try and get um, the band the, the cell off. Yeah. You know, they have got players of quality on that side. However, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a game that, you know, you're looking at the table, you're looking at Sam's predicament. You know, I know. Paul Hurst will, will really be tight. You know, it's a game in hand over Reading. Well, not a game in hand over Reading, so they've got a game in hand that's important over Reading. Um, but it's a game that should be looking to win. You know, if they, yeah. if they, three points yeah, on yeah, time would yeah. be massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, it, it, it's good. Uh, Paul Hurst taking four points from the two games that he's had kind of on the road. It's kind of surprising, really, isn't it? How the, the I mean, it's too early to really make it a trend, but so far in his five games, he's lost one lost two at home, drawn one, and picked up a win and a draw on the road. Whereas, you know, obviously Matt Taylor, his predecessors, that you know, Shrewsby's form on the road was was not the best, but the yeah. record at the Meadow was much better. So it's interesting, you know, taking four points from a possible six on their travels since Paul Hurst has come in. So that's pretty good. Um, and yeah, we're just gonna. We, I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, I'm, I always look forward to the games. To be fair, it's an absolute pleasure to kind of go around the club watching a football team. And you know, I just hope that they can get the result and get the points that they need to kind of stay in the division. So, you know, I am looking forward to going to, as you call it, the Madeski Stadium. Um, and yeah, it should be a good day, Johnny. I don't know quite what to expect. Um, but let's hope for another good performance and hopefully three points. Yeah, hopefully they get their tangible rewards, like you were saying, Ollie. Oh, as always, thank you very much for your time. Salop fans, for, for those of you heading down to Berkshire on Saturday Safe Travels, for all the rest of you who do listen to us, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week where hopefully we'll be talking about a three points on the road for Salop. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>